Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes today as usual. We have our Evening with Medium events coming up on April 24th as well as August 28th and December 4th. Tickets are on sale at the website by sarlow.com so grab those before they go. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. Um, Those are about 10 to 12 minute shows. There's a series of five. We pick a topic on emotional or spiritual intelligence and we try our best to educate you. The very first show is always available at the website by sarlo.com and it's free. The remaining four shows are available at patreon.com backslash by sarlo. And um, we hope you enjoy those. We were bloody hard to put out some good shit for you. Yes, we do. Um, And then we also have our personal practice. So if you're wanting a personal session, um, you can call us or email us to request one of those. Sessions are done all over the world via Skype, FaceTime, telephone, Zoom, and now WhatsApp. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good? Yeah. Okay. You're starting off with thank yous today. I am. Okay. Yeah. So um, here's our first one. Thank you. I will also thank both of you for being the reason for me recognizing who, what I was, as well as being the vision of who I want to be. Very cool. Yeah. This is the same person at another time. Okay. Good morning, ladies. Since I just watched the first four episodes on Patreon, I can also say, good to see you. Ah, that's really nice. I used to listen and imagine the conversation, but now I can see it. One less task for me. That's cute. The set looks awesome, nice, and bright. Cool. These are both from Jim. Ah, thank you, Jim. And and I think people should know who Jim is. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> if they go into the history of the shows, mm-hmm. they're going to see Jim has done his own podcast with us. Yes. Cool. Yeah. So thank you very much, Jim. Okay. Um, I have a, a, a client story again for today. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This one is, I'm going to say medium combined with soul contracts. Yeah. It's got patterns. It's got, I'd say, three components in it. But it doesn't start out that way. It just simply starts out with a young man named Odin. So I picked Odin out of my ass, I think. <laughs> I have no That's idea. That's a big name to pick. Yeah? That's a god. Oh. The Morse god, right? Oh, I like that. I didn't know that. Someone will correct me if I got that wrong. Oh, well, please do. Let Mm -hmm. us know. Okay, so uh, I'm going to say this is a youngish man. I I would put him late 20s, early 30s. Now I'm (laughs) young-ish. Some days I'm young and the scale goes up to 40 and 50. And now I'm (laughs) young-ish. Fuck. That's true. Okay. I'm youngish too. <laughs> anyway, let's just... Major sliding scale. Yes. No, I'm just poking fun at it. Okay. So Odin came in, he booked one hour and he asked for medium and he was direct. He said that he wanted his dad and that he had... I had the hour to talk to his dad and that he just wanted to hear messages from him. And that made me like really happy. I have a whole hour to do that. So I just, I paused. He, he really had the energy, like Odin has the energy of somebody who's patient, who just is going to sit back and take in what's coming. And he was voice recording his session. And this was in person. So I turned my attention to the backyard 
And I'm going to say, just to the spirit world, so that they could use anything in the room or in nature um, to present anything to us or to me. So maybe I should say us to Odin as well. That's good. So his dad, first of all, fills me up with feelings. And I feel tons of love. I, t- I feel very um, calm and I feel in control. So I'm trying to make sure that I use certain terms and I use these to explain to Odin that his dad makes me feel like this. So I feel very safe. I feel like his dad's going to handle things. And I have confidence in that. And so I explain that. I go, well, first of all, I've got feelings. And I, and he goes, feelings? Like feelings about my dad? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to describe how he makes me feel and ask you if that's how he makes you feel. So I did. And he said, absolutely. And I said, okay. So I left that. And then I, I had inner knowings next. So I waited for them to all be downloaded. Just, just let them drip in. And then I said, well, Odin, I said, you feel safe? I said, because your dad fixes everything. I said, you, you feel safe because he has a high sense of urgency to respond quickly so that things don't get out of control, don't spin out. And he goes, yeah. So while it makes Odin feel very safe when his dad's around, when his dad is not around, he has anxiety. And I, so I said to his dad, like, what's up with that? Like, what's going on? Tell me more. And he starts to speak to me. So now I can hear him. And he says, well, my, my wife and his mother is an alcoholic and I'm the fixer. He says, so when I'm not around, hell can break loose. Even if he's at school and he was in a classroom as a child, his mom could show up at the school. Hmm. She could come in and give him shit and yell, walk right into the classroom and say, you forgot your lunch. You're a no good, right in front of all the kids. And it's a small community, so everybody knows everybody. So they all, they do know that she drinks. This is just humiliating. Mm -hmm. I want to say too, just to clarify so that people feel um, good and safe with the podcast, that even though you've clarified that he came in person, mm-hmm. people come from so far away oh, yeah. just to be in our home, to feel the energy here. So we're not outing someone in our community. This is yeah. this is someone who, well, anyone who comes in person can be from far away. That's really good that you pointed that out. I hadn't thought of that. And mm-hmm. actually, this gentleman did travel. Yeah, I know. He is I know. not from our community. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... I'm explaining to him what I'm seeing and what his dad is telling me. And I'm watching how his mom will show up at school when he's even like a small child Mm. to, to create a fuss, to create a drama and to humiliate him on purpose, to make her look better. So I'm an alcoholic, but I, and I'm feeling bad about myself, but if I make you look bad, then I can feel better about myself. So this is her behavior. And so the dad responds to that. 
he will have to somehow fix that with the school. He will somehow have to fix that when he gets home with his wife. He will have to somehow get up in the morning and make sure that before he goes to work, Odin's lunch is now in his school bag. He has to problem solve all the time. Or so he believes. He doesn't see any other choices other than the fixing. So he goes through his entire married life, like his entire adult life, um, fixing the family stuff. And he owns a business. So she can show up at work and create a shit show for him in front of his clients. And so he also then has to fix things for the clients, for his reputation, for his employees. So he's, he's always in a go mode. So even though his son feels safe with him around, the dad himself has different feelings about who he is versus the feelings he gives his son. I think you did a great job of articulating oh, that. Thank you. Yeah. That was super um, challenging to say to Odin. Mm-hmm. So I had to say, Odin, this is how your dad made you feel, but this was your dad's behavior. This is why your dad did it. And this is how he actually felt. Mm-hmm. And when I got to the part of saying, this is how he actually felt all day, every day, Odin That's, cries. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. He's Yeah, he's brokenhearted. Because he saw his dad as like his hero. Mm-hmm. He saw his dad as totally loving his mom and loving him. He just saw him as the best dad in the world. And even at an adult age, remember, late 20s, early 30s, this is basically the first time that he's actually understanding how unhealthy his dad was because he didn't see that part of him. He saw the superhero that fixed. And he, and his dad um, didn't complain in the fixing. He didn't lose his temper. He did the exact opposite. He went into calmer and calmer and calmer modes because he learned early that if he didn't, and he went into any type of anxiety, visible, or he and showed a weakness, his wife went at him. If he... If he challenged his wife and fought back, she drank more. She lashed out more. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, the the wife, the mom, she's the breaker. So anything that can be broken, and I don't mean she's the breaker and let's pick up the vase and throw it. I mean, we're going to break people. We're going to break relationships. We're going to break mental health. We're going to break physical health. We're going to break friendships, careers. She, she's out for, she's just going to break. And she, she has her own job. So she does the breaking stuff at work. And then she has coworkers and a boss who fix. So she really has a tremendous amount of codependence in her life and nobody that holds her accountable. No one. So it's a, it's, a, it's a constant drama, one after another. And so then his dad says to me, okay, so you've explained the hardest stuff. I'm now going to say some other things to you and show you things. And can you say these? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I don't know why he's flipping, but he does that. And then he says, um, 
my son has um, his own children. And I said, oh, okay, you're a grandpa. And he goes, I am. And I was a grandpa before I passed. And I went, oh, you're giving affirmations. And he goes, well, I just did. Mm-hmm. He goes, I gave him the best, the biggest affirmations of his life with explanations. And I said, okay. And he goes, but I also want you to say other things. So he says he does have siblings. And so I, I told him that, and Odin confirmed. He mentioned that Odin was um, good with his hands and that his own career was about being in the trades. And he said that was correct too. And he showed me um, that he'd like to dance and that he, um, I want to say that he, he didn't always dance with his wife, but that he would dance on his own in the house. He would dance in the kitchen. He'd put good music on. He'd be cooking and he'd have his apron on and he'd be dancing at the countertop. And um, in spite of all of the challenges and drama and the breakages in a day-to-day existence, his dad really tried to find his own personality. And I know some people are going to say, yeah, I don't think so when you're constantly fixing other people. But he, he, I'll say he makes Herculean efforts to find his little spaces where I like dancing. I like this kind of music. I'm going to dance with my kids in the kitchen. If my wife wants to come in and create a problem around it, I, I, I'll deal with it when it happens. But I'm still going to do my best to have my moments with my kids. So he also did things with his children where he would take them out one at a time and do what they liked with them. And I said, so your dad, your dad just liked hanging out with you. You, you weren't into sports. You weren't into um, all kinds of things. Like you worked hard at school and you had a friend group and you guys hung out and did your own thing. But you're, And you played music, but your dad didn't play music, so he couldn't sit down and play music with you. He would just ask you about your life. He would ask you what you were going through. And he said, yeah. He said, my dad and I were just best friends. It was just hanging out and talking. It was just like, you know, going to Tim Hortons or going for pizza. It was like a lot around just nothing. And I'm like, well, it wasn't nothing. You found your way. Like you could say you guys liked your drives in the country. It's connection. Yeah. And... But he didn't really see it that way. He, I, at least, I don't think he really understood that way till his dad said, "No, I did that on purpose." Hmm. You know, and Odin's like, "What do you mean he did that on purpose?" And I said, "Well, your dad is saying like that you've gone through life not really having like a sport or like a big thing. Even your music wasn't successful, so it wasn't a big thing. And it wasn't that you were really good at it. And you tried different instruments, so." It's you didn't find like great big successes, so to speak, but the biggest success was that you connected to each other and you loved each other, and that he really listened to you and that you listened back. So you guys actually learned communication skills. And your dad feels that that's the best thing that he ever gave you was that because in your marriage, you actually really listen to your wife, you really pay attention. And you have learned a beautiful skill that your dad taught you, anticipation. Mm. And he goes, yeah, that's really true. 
wait, can you explain anticipation? <laughs> and he goes, I think I get it. And I said, well, you, you can anticipate what people need. So you were able to look at a newborn baby and watch the routine. And off the first day that the hospital is showing your wife, this is when you change them, this is when you feed, blah, you know, this is what occurs. She just blah, 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 a newborn <laughs> routine. <laughs> I did. He, he notices that. Mm-hmm. And then she never has to say it again. Mm-hmm. So he goes home and on day two, He's already out getting the diapers and putting them closer to where the baby is going to be changed. And then he realizes, oh my goodness, my wife is relaxing on the couch. I'll put a a diaper bag beside the couch. So if we're watching TV, everything's in a little basket. And so Odin is learning how to anticipate his baby's needs and his wife's needs and coworkers and so on. And so his dad says to me, Owen has done something good. Owen has learned anticipation in healthy ways. Guys, we've managed to take the word or name Odin and turn it into a Grey's name. Hmm? You're calling him Owen now. (laughs) I've trained her. (laughs) I thought I said Odin. (laughs) I said Owen. (laughs) A couple times. (laughs) Totally funny. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's cute, Kelly. So... I'm going to slip back into this. (laughs) And so his dad says how proud he is of him, that he's done it in a healthy way, and that he wants to differentiate that dad did it in a lot of ways that weren't healthy, and that here lies an ability within the son, within Odin, to know the difference and to be able to say, yeah, I'm not doing what dad did. And he says to me, could, could you go on a little bit about that? And I said, well, he's saying that you, you aren't willing to fix things for your mom. You're not willing to anticipate for her. You're willing to anticipate perhaps things like if there's a snowstorm that she could help need help with snow removal, but you don't, you don't necessarily run over and do it. You wait for her to ask. You're teaching her that she actually has to ask instead of relying on that everybody should just know these things and do them for her. And that she's never had to appreciate any of it being done um, or that she gets to be angry when it's not done, which was what she did with her husband Mm -hmm. and which was what she was trying to do with all of their children. But Odin wasn't having any of it. He was taking care of his own family and he was breaking the patterns. So dad enjoys pointing out how Odin is changing everything for the family. And he, he makes comments like that Odin is doing it and his siblings are, they're a little bit trying, but they're scared. They're a little bit more under mom's radar, whereas he's just not willing to be because he felt, he felt and still feels secure enough in his dad's love that he's not doing anything for his mums. He's got boundaries around his mums, and he feels loved and secure enough in a healthy relationship with his wife, and he values that more than he values his mummy son role. He sees his main partner as his future, which I think is really healthy 
and worth saying. Mm-hmm. I just saw a meme the other day. It was fantastic. It was this old woman. She was sitting in a wheelchair in an old age home with others around her. And her sign in front of her said, let his mummy have him. And I just thought that was so funny. But such great advice yeah. right? from a woman who has learned that you can't fight to, ha- to have your husband yeah. if that mummy-son relationship has been unhealthy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Good for good for Odin. Yeah. So he didn't he didn't put his wife in that position of having a mom mistress. That was well worded. Yeah. And and I mean, well, I'm going to leave it at that because I'm not saying that there's a sexual component to it. No, you left it punchy. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there is no other woman in the relationship for Odin. Mhm. And so his dad tells him how proud he is of him in that regard. And he goes, do you have anything else to say? Um, or does my dad have anything else to say to me? And you could see there's like an anxiety here. So I said to his dad, ooh, everything just shifted. Like what, what's coming? It's almost like as soon as he is given a piece of relief, it's like the very next piece of anxiety just smacks him up the side of the head super fast. Makes sense. Yeah. Mom's conditioned that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I said to dad, what's up with this? And he goes, oh, he's talking about when I died. And I said, okay, what's going on? He goes, well, based on everything that I'm telling you, he says, I want you to say to my son that, um, that I know that he has my shirts. And I said, okay. And he goes, but they're not my shirts. And I'm like, oh, now I'm confused. (laughs) He goes, well, they were his shirts. He washed them and wore them so that they were all stinky and sweaty and smelled like like Odin. And then he would drop them off at his dad's and say, here you go, love ya. And he'd throw one of his shirts at his father. And his father would wear his shirt because his dad was dying. Mm -hmm. He was bedridden and Odin couldn't be there all the time because he was working, he was married, he was raising a baby and his other kids, and so he couldn't be with his dad as often as he wanted to, and that was really bothering him. He wanted to be there for his dad, and he couldn't. So he was trying to figure out ways to do it. So he would do things on social media, and he would, Marco Polo, he would send him little, mm-hmm. hey, dad, uh, I'm changing a diaper, and he'd, you know, he'd chit-chat with his dad as he was changing the diaper, and you know, if his 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 own son, you know, peed all over him or something, or had an accident, or was a smelly, shitty diaper, he'd 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 say something to his dad like, "Oh my God, this smells so bad." I'm, and he'd be like, "Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna barf," kind of a thing, so that his dad could have fun, his dad could laugh at, and be part, still be part of it. But one of the other things they they did was the idea of changing shirts. So I said to his dad, well, then did you wear a shirt and you gave yours to Odin? And he goes, yeah. He would wrap the baby in it sometimes and say, now you stink like grandpa. (laughs) And I think that's so adorable. Mm -hmm. So they were, I won't say they were all wearing each other's clothes because the grandpa couldn't wear the baby's clothes. But he would take the baby's blanket and bring it to his dad and throw it at him and go, there you go. 
And it was done in a fun way. It wasn't here, Dad, I know you're dying. Here's the baby's blanket. This should make you happy. We'll keep this when you're dead. It will be a story to tell. It, there was none of that moroseness to it. Mm-hmm. If that's a being morose. There was nothing like that. This was really simply genuine. It was just, hey, the baby can't be here as much as you want him to be here. So here, this is how he smells. And dad would be in his bed or on his reclining chair um, with the baby blanket. And so they found ways to share each other's, I'll say, sense of who they are. Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't just about the smell. It was knowing that you almost had a piece of that person or oh something. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, and that they shared that amongst them. So I I have to be honest and say that I was very confused <laughs> because I couldn't figure out like why I was seeing baby clothes near the grandpa and I, I was super confused. So I had to keep saying to Odin, I am confused. And he would go, just tell me and I'll help you. And so I would literally try and explain all of that. He'd go, okay, I got it. I know what you're talking about. And he had to kind of put all the pieces together to explain it to me because it really did come in piecemeal. Mm -hmm. Um, But what a great message. And what a great validation when he actually explained it to me and we just sort of sat there and went, wow. Mm -hmm. That was fantastic. And so now his idea is to keep his dad's clothing and to keep his, his dad's stuff for himself. And so he still wears it. And I said, you, you debated about putting it on today to see if I was going to know if you were actually wearing it. And I said, so, but it didn't match. And you went through this panic and <laughs> he said, you were a shit show. <laughs> and he goes, I was. And I said, so you opted for like an undershirt and you've got a baby blanket in the truck, but you didn't bring it in because you thought, how am I going to explain this? So you brought it here, but you left some of it in the vehicle. And he goes, yes, I did. He goes, I've got a bag in the vehicle. Good for you. And he goes, and I was playing with it. He goes, I was holding on to it like, you know, like a baby holds on to their blanket. He goes, I was, I, I hold it like that. And he says, and I rub it between my fingers to calm myself down. Isn't that cute? This is wild. Because oh, as you're telling so this story, I'm remembering that I dreamt all about holding my baby blanket last night. What? Yeah, which I've, I mean, I've gotten rid of that. People are probably filling in the blank thinking I got rid of it 20 years ago. I got rid of it only about 10 years ago. So <laughs> got some issues. Um, but I, I, I dreamt about that last night. I was holding it. I used to oh, put the eyelet yeah. underneath. Under your neck. That's really interesting. Yeah. Cool. Oh, very good, Kelly. Mm-hmm. I love that right. you picked up. No, no, it's good. I like that you picked up on that and that you've chosen to share that. I think that's lovely. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, hey, some people still have their blankets. Yeah. I wish I did. And I, and you know what? I think there are people who wish that they do. And I think it's why we make blankets, even yeah. as adults, to give as gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or just to go out and buy and want to have a blanket on the couch or when you go to bed or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's comfort. So now coming to some discomfort, Dad says, I, I understand that Odin would like to take his mom to rehab. And that she's not going to go and you can't drag somebody to rehab or force them. So could you tell him that and that it's not on him? And so I said, okay. So I told him that. And he just kind of slumped in the chair like, what? I can't make her. I can't force this. I can't. Like the, the service is there. 
the people who care are there. The toolkit is there. You mean it's all there? And I, and I, it's so close. And yet, if she doesn't want to, nothing can happen. And so his dad says, that's right. You, you can't force that. Or a court might, a court might be able to force it if she drinks and drives or something. But that doesn't mean it will be successful. To be the most successful, she has to want it to some degree. And currently, she doesn't. She still has two kids that she's getting away with some stuff. She doesn't hit rock bottom. So his dad says to him, this isn't on you. Don't wear my shoes. And he goes, say that again. And I said, your dad is saying, don't wear his shoes. You've got his shoes. They're running shoes, but don't wear them. And he goes, I do have my dad's running shoes. He says, I I kept them as a keepsake. And I said, yeah, he's saying that you can have them, but don't wear them. Meaning literally, don't try to finish what your dad should have done. Let this be on your mom. And it doesn't mean that you don't love her, that you can't be there if she chooses to. You could. There still can be an opportunity, but it has to present itself. This is not something you can force as an opportunity. And again, in the session, there is this huge moment of where the emotions shift in the room and we can both feel it. And each time that I feel Odin's emotions shift, we just sit in it for a moment. We don't talk, either of us. And he's not like, come on, what's next? Let's go, prove it. He's just literally sitting there with me like, okay. And you can see him like allowing it to sit in him. And you can actually see the moment when he accepts it and is able to go, okay. And that he's processing, processing, gets it. Okay, and then you can see where he's like, okay, can I move on to another thing now? And then something else comes in that kind of slaps him up the side of the head again. And it's another thing that's been causing his anxiety or parts of his depression or where he just feels stuck in conversations with his wife because they go back and forth as to, should we do this or not? And his his dad's coming in and going, and no. <laughs> Done. And he says to me, Odin, I'm getting consent. He says, I'm getting permission from my dad. He says, I'm actually getting permission to be in my marriage and not to have one foot out that I have to take care of mom or try to do something or to even think it. He goes, so even though I have stopped all of the processes, I actually have to stop the thinking. Hmm. And then I see Miss Sally Winston's energy walk into the room. And if anybody knows us on these shows, Sally Winston and Martin Seif wrote the book, Coping with Unwanted Intrusive Thoughts. And they are in Baltimore, Maryland, at an institute that they created all about anxiety and depression and how to cope with it. And their whole idea, or I don't know how you say theory, on how our brains loop in unwanted intrusive thoughts. And so she walks in and says, hey, and then walks out of the room. And that's my cue to offer that to him as a resource, which I did, and he he is recording. So he can choose whether he wants to 
move into that direction. But I said, but you loop in your thinking. And he goes, I absolutely do. How would you even know I loop? How would you even, and it's like, he's, he's like, how do you know that? Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't know how to explain how all of the gifts work. And I said, but I, I could tell you, Sally Winston walked in and he goes, yeah, that would mean nothing. And I said, yeah, that's right. It like, it doesn't mean anything to you, but it does to me. Mm-hmm. It, it tells me as soon as she makes her presence known that a client has unwanted intrusive thoughts and they're that's looping. so nice. You have it so gently. They throw books at me. Oh, I get books thrown at me too. Like at me. Yeah, I get that. Okay. Yeah, I mean at me too. <laughs> oh, okay. You need this book. <laughs> To get your attention. Yeah. Yes. It does feel like a book being thrown at you. (laughs) I'm going to ask them if the author can walk in instead. That'd be nice. (laughs) That works, Kelly, in the sense that I've also had like a physician walk in the room. Mm -hmm. Like I remember for a a period of time, a surgeon here in North Bay, very, very well-known surgeon, she would just walk through the room. Her energy, I don't mean the human. Yeah. Her energy would walk in and I'd go, oh, you need a general surgeon. Yeah. Because she was a general surgeon or maybe still is. I don't know. If an MD walked into the room, like maybe my own medical doctor and his spirit walked through, I'd go, oh, you need a medical doctor. Yeah. If my naturopath walked in, I'd go, I'd see Kelly Wallace walk by or Dr. Martin and I'd go, oh, you need. Yeah, I've, I've actually had a realtor walk in the room. Yeah. So people would send their energy in. Or the universe is using that as my template mm-hmm. for me to get a quicker message instead of trying to explain it or draw it out. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, these are these are visual tools where a whole bunch of information gets downloaded with it. Here you go. And then you and I can process quicker. Mm-hmm. So it's more efficient channeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just um, mm-hmm. to go along with that, I was channeling for someone who was asking all about his real estate situation because he mm-hmm. owns a house and has a tenant. And um, like I was saying, um, Ryan Humble walked in the room mm-hmm. energetically, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know why, but they're showing me Ryan Humble." And he, the the client said, "Well, that's funny. I'm working with his partner Arwen." So oh. it 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 like they're a team. Yeah. And I was like, "Well," and I wouldn't know Arwen yeah. off the streets. Yeah. So. And walked Ryan to get the job done. Yeah. Which I thought was really, yes. really cool. Yes. I love the how they use systems. Mm-hmm. That to, we don't even know of, that we're just learning as we go. Yeah. And yes. And what gets downloaded with what it symbolizes. Mm-hmm. That there can be a whole story or a plethora of information with one symbol for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So his dad then says to me, I'm almost done. He says, I want to acknowledge that... Even though I love my son tremendously, and he loved me, I was in my own reality. And he goes, and Odin still managed to love me, but be in a healthier reality. And he could see the reality and I was in wasn't healthy, but still love me. And I'm like, holy crap, that's a mouthful. So I said, let me get that out word for word. I did. And Odin... But I'm not going to do it again on this podcast. No, <laughs> but because I got it right the first time, I'm going to go with that. But and you can see Odin's eyes, okay. just like because it's all making sense. Mm-hmm. And I said, so he's trying to say that while he was on Earth, you could have a conversation about his wife, your mother, and you could see things so clearly and separately because you were healthy. And he was still in a different reality. 
And he thought that his reality was the healthiest one because he was fixing, because he thought this is love. And then he started watching how you and your wife and your child were so very different. And it started to point out to him, geez, maybe this isn't that healthy. Geez, maybe this hasn't been very good what I've been doing. And so near the very end of his life, when you weren't around as much, it was okay and it was good. It served a good purpose because he was able to be more reflective. He was able to think about you because he missed you because you weren't there and think about who you are. And because of that, he got to a place just before he died where he started to understand the mistakes he'd made. Mm. And the damage he'd even done to his own wife. And that he had participated in enabling her to stay in her alcoholism instead of letting her world crash so that she would actually have to do something for herself and want it. So I said, your dad wants to come through and say to you, thank you for staying in the healthy reality, even though I chose not to. And how important it is since he's passed to acknowledge to his son that his choice to do that was correct. Oh, and how hard he had to work to do that and be safe in it. Yeah. Because you do risk losing the person that you love most, which is his dad. Yeah. Yeah, that's really significant because a lot of people do lose that key person in the process. And for these two, they manage to hold on to each other. Mm Mm-hmm. Partly because of his dad's deepest desire to hold that family together. So even though it's super dysfunctional in one way, there are some aspects of it that are healthy, which I think is the whole point of this. Are we all a little bit of both? Yeah. Until we see it and get it right? Mm-hmm. Or see it and try? Well, I would say I know some people that are seriously dysfunctional. Well, no, I know that. I just meant that... For those of us who are out there having some kind of consciousness and trying, we still have unhealthy parts of ourselves that we are trying to work on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So his dad thanks him for that, thanks him for for loving him, and really talks about how he's the bigger man here. Odin. Odin. And that even though Odin sees his dad as the ultimate that he's really quite wrong about that. And we really need to shift things today so that he can embrace who he is, love who he is, be that completely for his son and his all his children and his partner. And that dad is on that side. Cool. Instead of him thinking, geez, if I'm all these things and my dad wasn't, does he actually love me? Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. If I am different, does he? And so his dad wanted to lay to rest the question. Neat. And we did. Or at least his dad did, and I did my best to say it, and my best to convey it energetically. Um, because I can't even begin to describe to people what the energy like was like in that room through that whole session of how hard some of those messages were, the crying, the sadness, the relief, the closure it was just like a roller coaster mm-hmm. and like up and down several times as we would go through these different things. And so each, like 
each time as we would get to some closure over something, I would check in with him. And I know you do the very same thing. Is this meeting your needs? Am I crossing your boundaries? Am I answering your question? Like the, all of those questions you and I ask each client in every session was done many times. And that's why we do the checking in many times. Mm-hmm. Whether people, and I, you know, Kelly, I've noticed like this is just off on a side tangent now, but typically the people who are the complainers about, oh, I didn't like my session. I'm going to go on Facebook and ruin your reputation or just the mean people that gossip are typically the people that forget we did the check-ins, that say we never did them, that don't go back and listen to their voice recording to see that we actually did many times. Yeah, and also don't evaluate whether or not they were being truthful. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I was, I was just a segue, but it, ju- it made me think about how consistent we are. Mm-hmm. And why? Yeah. Because it's part of a healing process in itself. Oh, yeah. And that is the very first thing we ask for permission for in every single session. Mm-hmm. Energy healing. It's the first thing I list. I think the the whole process of consent in and of itself is healing. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're talking about each of the individual uh, modalities offering healing. Mm-hmm. But being offered consent is also healing. Yeah. That's a, you know, and if people are listening to this and go, well, I've never had a session. I've never had a treatment. I just listened to the shows. Awesome. Then just take that away. Mm -hmm. If you're sitting listening to this and going, oh, and I never have any intention of ever booking an appointment with them. Not a problem. If you're sitting there and going, I like the idea of consent. I like the idea of the questions that they're asking. I'm going to do that. Then amen. Mm -hmm. There is your session right there. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think too, throughout the podcast, we will say, you know, if you need to like push pause, if you need mm-hmm. to rewind, if you need to stop listening and take a break, do that. Mm-hmm. I think we offer consent even as people are choosing to listen to us, mm-hmm. because I think sometimes we forget we're allowed to turn things off and stop. Mm. I do. If they go back and listen to one of the shows, when I watch shows that make me funny, mm-hmm. I hit pause and walk around the house and laugh so that I can fully enjoy my laughter. I know. You, 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 and the humor of something. Mm-hmm. I, I do that in conversations where somebody says something and I'll go, oh, stop. I need to think. I need to process that. Can mm-hmm. I have a, can I have a moment? Whether it's to laugh or to process some emotion or just to even processes of thinking of whether there's choices, et cetera. The pause button is a, an exceptional tool mm-hmm. if we use it. Mm-hmm. Well, we segued out. We. Well, me. I wrote it. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I think that was it, Kelly. It, 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 um, I, I think as we segued out, that was kind of a nice thing to do because that was the session. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. And thank you. Mm-hmm. So if you have comments or questions, you can email us at info at Um, Please, if you are able to like, share, comment, review, post, whatever buzzword gets you, gets you going, um, however you choose to share us with the world is something that we very much appreciate. If you're listening early on Patreon today, thank you for joining us and supporting us financially and emotionally. If you're listening with the general public on Saturday or afterwards, thank you for being here. Thank you for being interested. Um, and please give us feedback. Thank you.